So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Why don't we just welcome everybody joining us online. Great to have you joining with us for this service. So it's a new term, it's a new season, and it's the start of our next 21 days of worship, prayer, and fasting. And then as you'll have seen in uh, three weeks' time, we're going to bring the whole thing to a, a climax with an amazing celebration of the fact that 35 years ago, uh, Kingsgate Church, it was then known as Peterborough Community Church, was born. So I want to invite you to that celebration. And in advance, let me just say, happy birthday, Kingsgate. Uh, so <clears throat> very excited in the next three weeks. And some of you may be thinking, well, <clears throat> what are you excited about? 21 days of worship, prayer, and fasting. How can that be a good thing? Well, uh, really, for much of our history, in fact, most of our history, we've had times like this, where we set aside a season to seek God. Uh, you know, not, it's not like any normal season. 21 days is a focus where we give our undivided attention to the Lord in a particular way. And looking back over that time, I can say with confidence that I know what God does in times like this. And so I'm expectant for me, for you, for us as a church, that in these 21 days, we're going to experience a new sense of the presence of God and we're going to experience spiritual renewal and spiritual revival. Anyone up for that? You know, you may not be very close to the Lord right now. Well, I want to tell you, this is an opportunity to step in and receive something fresher. And secondly, I, we've seen so many times, and I'm believing almost like never before, that we are going to see breakthroughs as we ask for things in prayer. Because how many know that God loves to do uh, suddenly, He loves to do unexpected things. We had a number of words about unexpected, unusual, surprising breakthroughs. Come on, let's thank him in advance of what he's going to do. I love what Archbishop William Temple used to say. When I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. <laughs> so I'm ex so expectant for all the God coincidences and breakthroughs that are going to take place in our lives and in the lives of many people around us as we set our course to seek the Lord over the next 21 days. Now, each year... Um, we like to, as it were, seek the Lord for a particular theme or a verse or a particular passage that we can base our praying around so that we can all be praying in agreement. And this year, I really had a strong sense of going back to probably my favourite uh, passage on prayer anywhere in the, in the Bible, and it's Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. I encourage you to read it in your own time. But a quick summary, uh, the passage starts with Jesus praying. How many know that when we are praying, we're following in his footsteps because Jesus did a whole lot of praying. Yeah. So that's the start. Jesus is praying 
And at this point, the disciples obviously like, we see you keep praying, Lord. So one of the disciples said, Lord, please teach us to pray. And then he then engages with what we know is the Lord's Prayer. He taught them the Lord's Prayer. Here in Luke, we have a shortened version of the fuller version we get in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. And then from verses 5 through 8, we get a mini parable that I'll be unpacking a bit later, which is basically about a friend going to a friend at midnight who's, who's asleep. He's a bit grumpy, doesn't want to answer. But this guy comes and he presents his request for three loaves of bread for another friend who's come to visit. And basically the guy gets up and gives him all he needs. And then we go into the text that we're gonna be majoring on over these next 21 days, which is in verse nine and 10. And it's the invitation for us to ask, seek and knock. And because we're gonna be praying through these verses over the next 21 days, days. I want us all together on a count of three to read these out with a sense of conviction and boldness because these are stunning prayer promises. So count of three, one, two, three. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Trust you to agree, stunning prayer promises there. Yeah, amazing promises from, from the Lord himself. Now on one level, Jesus is saying the same thing six times over. It, repetition, ask and be given, seek and you'll find, knock, <laughs> knock and the door will be opened. Six times he's saying the same thing, almost to say, and it's an encouragement, pray and keep on praying because God wants to answer your prayers. But on the other hand, I think if you look through the, the rest of Scripture, you'll see that there's a distinction between asking prayer, seeking prayer, and knocking prayer. So for example, you can go all through the Bible, and, and, and if you want to Google in the word ask, <laughs> Bible concordance, you'll see that generally speaking, when we ask, we ask God for things. But when we seek... Generally speaking, it's about seeking him for who he is. So there's a difference between asking prayer and seeking prayer. So by way of summary to set us out on our journey, um, asking prayer or the call to ask is about prayers of petition. Say petition. In other words, we're making our requests of God. Secondly, seeking is prayers of devotion, encountering him, meeting him. Say devotion. And then the third type of prayer is knocking kind of prayer, uh, which I believe has particular um, relevance to prayers of intercession. Say intercession. So we're going to be looking at petition, devotion, intercession. Now clearly there's an overlap between all three of these, but for the sake of understanding, we're going to look week one asking, week two seeking, week three knocking. This week I'm going to be talking about asking, then we're going to bring in the big guns. We've got Pastor Agu coming from Jesus House next week, and then we've got James Aladdin coming to talk about knocking in prayer. And I don't know about you, I am so expectant at what the Lord is going to do over these next 21 days. Not because the power so much is in our prayers, rather as the great Charles Spurgeon said, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Isn't that a great phrase? You know, it is, prayer plays a part, but ultimately our prayers move the muscle of God's 
omnipotence. So I'm looking forward to our prayers moving God's omnipotence. So let's um, start the journey by looking at what it means to ask, to pray prayers of petition. I want to ask three questions about asking prayer. Number one, who are we asking? Secondly, what is it we're to ask for? And thirdly, how are we to ask? So firstly, let's look at the who question. Who are we asking? This is the start point. Now I remember when our girls were, were young, they had no problem in asking for things. They still don't actually. <laughs> And they also tended to direct their asking very strategically. So they kind of, they figured out mum and dad very early on. So when it came to basic needs, they would tend to go to mum. When it, they, they wanted extras, they'd tend to come to dad. So, you know, basic food, mum would normally be the go-to. Um, McDonald's and Haagen-Dazs ice cream, they came to dad. And he would almost always say yes. And then when it came to sensible school shoes they would go out on a trip with mum. If they wanted something a bit more elaborate, they, they strategically would ask dad. And on one occasion, um, I went out with Annabelle and um, she asked for a, a pair of 101 Dalmatian trainers with flashing lights. I said yes. We came back home, you should have seen the look on Karen's face particularly as the purpose of the shopping trip was to get some sensible, hard-wearing trainers for our walking trip in the Peak District. Anyway, the point of all that, I think between us, we kind of got the balance right. But the point being, um, the, the girls were confident in what they asked because they knew who they were asking. They knew that we loved them. They knew that they had this vague idea somehow that we could meet all their needs. <laughs> Little did they know how limited our resources were. I mean, the good news, of course, when it comes to prayer, um, you know, there's not a single perfect parent. We certainly weren't and aren't now, but we have a heavenly father who's perfect, who's good, who knows our best interests all the time. <laughs> and unlike you and me, uh, for those of us who are parents, um, God is not is not limited in any way. He has limitless power and limitless resources and he knows what's best for us. And when we get that, that's almost like the foundation for everything else when it comes to prayer, to know who it is we're asking. And Jesus knows that this is key because when you go back to this, this passage, right at the very beginning, Lord, teach us to pray. What's the very first thing he says? When you pray, and in Luke's version, he simply gives us one word. When you pray, say... Father. In other words, before you pray, know it is who you are praying to. In Matthew 6, it's our Father in heaven. And, and here, let me just pause. This is a stunning revelation. Jesus is basically introducing his followers to the wonder and the privilege of the fact that through him, because of what he's about to do, through his name, we share in the same relationship that Jesus has had from eternity with the Father. He introduces us to that relationship. Wow, wow, wow. So he kicks off with Father, goes all the way through Lord's Prayer, the parable, ask, seek, and knock, and then he visits this theme of fatherhood. Um, and obviously, we can include fathers and mothers here. He says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him instead a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, in contrast to God, know how, if you, you then know you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your... 
Father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And so here we see something about, Jesus wants us to realise that the prayer is about, first and foremost, know it is who we are coming to, our loving Heavenly Father. And as I uh, share this, and I was praying about this, my sense was that I'm sure many of us know the closeness and the, the wonder of Father's love. But I also feel God's compassion. I think there's a number of you here, you're not quite so sure about that right now. Picture I had was of the father with arms stretched wide, wanting to sort of beckon people in. For some of you, the reason God feels distant or you don't know him, maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life. Well, in a moment you can do so. Or maybe you were once walking with God. Now's the time not to stay outside, but to run into the Father's house and to come and be close to him. Don't wait to the end of 21 days, start today. Or it may be there's some reason why you feel disconnected from God. It can even be disappointment when we talk about prayer and answers to prayer. You know, I know personally, sometimes unanswered prayer or waiting for answers to prayer can be one of the most painful things to have to deal with. Let's not allow our disappointment to keep us out of the presence of God, but let's run to him and have him heal us and free us so that we can go again and ask and keep on asking. Amen. So that's the first thing. We need to know it is who we are asking, our good and perfect Heavenly Father. Let's make that our number one priority to to know Him. Secondly, though, I want to talk about what can we ask for. Now, the broad answer to that question, of course, is anything that is according to God's will. If it's within His will, we can ask Him for it. But what I love about this passage in Luke 11 and then also in the parallel passage in Matthew 7 where Jesus also encourages to ask, seek and knock, we can see firstly that the Father specifically wants to give us his best gift, his best gift. Now before I tell you what that is and some of you already worked out what it is uh, or more to the point who he is, um, if, if the, the Lord was to appear to you in a dream and say to you, You can have anything you ask for. Be honest, what would you ask for? Because God asked Solomon that in the Old Testament. So what is the father's best gift? Well, Jesus here, contrasting good gifts that parents give to their children, Jesus said, how much more will your father in heaven give the best gift that nobody else can give you that you need more than any other gift, which is what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The best gift, once you become a child of God and you receive Jesus and you're, you're born again, you're, you're secure, you're going in heaven, the best thing that you can receive is the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God himself. When you receive the Spirit and you get filled with the Spirit, I mean, what could be better than having the loving almighty God, not just in heaven, but living on the inside of you? I mean, it's amazing. And when you have Him filling your life and continuing to refill your life, He helps you with every other area of your life. And so as I was thinking about this, whatever else the Lord does over these 21 days, my prayer for, for all of us, Maybe you've never received the Spirit. Well, today you can receive, come to touching heaven, receive, any time during the 21 days. Come and ask the Lord, Lord, I want your best gift. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. It'll change everything. But how many of you are already filled with the Spirit and you say, "Um, I've leaked a little bit lately, can I have some more? 
And I believe the Lord wants to come boldly. I'm praying for you, for me, for us as a church, that one of the main things we're gonna see over the 21 days is a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. He's gonna come upon us. He's gonna fill us with His power, His wisdom, and His anointing. And the, the wonderful thing, once we receive the best gift, the Holy Spirit, and we're walking with Him, because He's the author of all truth, he will help us in all other praying, including in asking the Father for all the other good gifts that He wants to give us. See, sometimes we don't know what to pray or how to pray, but the Holy Spirit will help us, Romans 8 tells us. And this is where I love the fact that we've got two versions of this same passage. You've got Luke saying, here's the best gift, Holy Spirit. Matthew keeps it a bit more broad and general. He, he says this, um, or oh, this is Jesus, he's quoting Jesus. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, what? Good gifts. good gifts to those who ask him. So here, he's broadening out from the best gift, the Holy Spirit, to all good gifts. So the question is, what are the good gifts God wants to give us? So can I say, I believe it's important. Let's not limit God in our asking. Does this, do these, could these good gifts include material provision, financial provision? Absolutely. I haven't got time to unpack this, but all through the Bible it talks about a God who provides for his people. You've got manna in the wilderness. And here we've got right in this same text in Luke chapter 11, right in the heart of the Lord's Prayer, after he encourages us to pray for big things like your kingdom come, your will be done, he says, this is what we're to pray. Give us each day our daily bread. So if Jesus told us to pray, give us each day our daily bread, how many know this is part of the good gifts that God wants to give us? I remember when Karen and I first got married, one of the main things that God taught us how to ask and receive was in the area of our finances. And boy, did we need some financial miracles. So the good news, receive the Holy Spirit, get into the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to ask and receive in very practical areas. And I use that just one example. Let me give you another example. Would a good gift be um, supernatural deliverance or freedom or a breakthrough, a miracle and healing? Would that be a good gift? Would that be within the will of God? Of course it would, because you look at God's nature all through the Bible. He's a healer. You look at Jesus, the primary thing he did, apart from taught and preached, was he did miracles, setting people free from demonic oppression and healing their bodies, even raising people from the dead. So would that be within the will of God? Would that be a good gift? Absolutely. One occasion, Jesus caused healing and uh, deliverance, the children's bread. And those basic stuff for us to receive as the people of God. Now I know that we're still in an imperfect world and we're not gonna see the fullness of everything we long for until the new heavens and the new earth. But let's keep heaven busy and hell on the run, believing for as many breakthroughs as we can in the here and now. And let's not just think about asking for ourselves. It's good to ask for yourself. Please don't, don't stop being bold on behalf of your needs. But if, we'll come to the parable in a minute. But the parable is basically about a friend asking a friend for bread, three loaves of bread for another friend. I know for Karen and I, we've got some very specific people that we know who need a breakthrough. We are contending for them, have been, and we're gonna be up our contending over the next 21 days for breakthroughs in their lives, either now in this season or into the future. We're believing for breakthroughs. 
So let me ask you, what are you asking for? Who are you going to be asking on behalf of? And let's take our prayers and our petitions boldly before the Lord. And so, that, so we're talking about who we're asking, the Father. What are we asking for? His best gift, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to help us ask all other good gifts. And then thirdly, how do we ask? Now, there's so much we could say on this. I mean, we could do a whole sermon series just on this. And given I've got five hours now, that wouldn't be a problem, would it? But you haven't got five hours, so... So what we've done is through the week, um, in fact, during the 21 days, we're gonna be doing these video devotionals that you'll have heard about. We're gonna do little mini teachings. I'm kicking off tomorrow and then all through this week, we're gonna be unpacking the whole theme of asking. And some of the days we're gonna look at topics we haven't got time to cover here, like how do you ask in faith? And what is faith? How do you ask? What does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? So, don't, so check out those devotionals. What I want to do now is just look at two particular attitudes that I believe Jesus is teaching in this parable, in this passage, about how we're to ask. And So let me read the, 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 the parable. Jesus said, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come on a journey and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. Picture their Middle Eastern home, they're probably all together in one room so he doesn't want to get up and disturb the whole family. I love this. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, say those two words, shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. I love this. In between the Lord's Prayer and ask, seek and knock, Jesus is telling a parable and he's not saying that God is like a grumpy, sleepy person who won't get up. He's saying if a grumpy, sleepy friend will get up, how much more will your father answer your prayers? Beautiful. So two key attitudes. The first attitude that I believe we need to adopt is we need to learn or regain how to pray with confidence. Say that's a great word, confidence. Talking of confidence, here's a picture of our grandson Toby. Now, how he ended up in the cockpit of a commercial plane, I don't yet know. But one of the things that's super fun right now is he's learning to talk. And he's using his newfound vocabulary to do some very, very confident and persistent asking. I want to tell you, that little boy knows how to ask. I've not once since seen him go down with his head down, please, I know I'm not worthy. Please, can I have something? No, he's just full of... Boldness. He hasn't had life pressing him down. There's just childlike confidence that he asks. Now, his, his mum and dad are doing a good job to teach him to ask nicely. So if he asks for something, they say, what do you say? Please. <laughs> oh, and this is my favourite. He does it with his head nodding. More please. More please. I tell you, when he says that, I'm gone. I'm, I'm just... It's, I'm... <laughs> He was sort of asking for something or I think we were playing and I was carrying on and I, I turned to Karen and said, at this, moments like this, who am, I to, who am I to obey? Toby's request or his mum's frown? <laughs> said his mum every time. <laughs> anyway, the point bit is that he is learning to ask with confidence. He has to ask nicely, but he can ask with confidence. He doesn't need to be taught that. That's just instinctive. 
And I believe it's a great reminder to us. We believe, I believe God wants to, and some of you, all stuff's happened in your life. And I, feel, I believe God, God, God wants you to know that he wants to give you or restore to you a sense of childlike confidence and faith in his goodness and not to allow anything else that's ever happened to stop you from coming before a good, good father to know him, to come close to him and to trust in his goodness. And we see this all through the Bible. I love 1 John 5, 14 to 15. This would be a great scripture if you want to memorize scriptures uh, other than the one we're looking at. This is the confidence. There we have it. We have in approaching God that if we ask Anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. And that's amazing. The key there, do you notice that, is we've just got to know what's in his will. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate that. Let me give the simple version. If it's in the Bible and you get a witness of the Spirit, you can ask according to his will. And we can ask with confidence knowing that God is going to answer. Let me give you one example. On our VIP cards, you'll notice there we've got the scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 to 4. And it talks there about God's desire or God's will is that everyone get saved. So if we pray for people's salvation, is that in the will of God? Yes. I'm so glad that when I was 19, going up to university, there were a bunch of Christians in the college that I was part of who got a hold of my name and I was on their VIP list and persistently together, they prayed for me by name. I'm convinced under the sovereignty of God that they partnered with the Spirit. As a result of their prayers, I went to church, I encountered Jesus. Eight months later, I opened my hard heart to Jesus. He came in, gave me a brand new heart. I got born again. My life got changed for eternity. All because a bunch of Christians loved me enough in the name of Jesus to pray me into the kingdom of God. Now, of course, it was the Holy Spirit who did that. But I believe their prayers were instrumental in the work of the Holy Spirit. As I go into these 21 days, and I'm sure we'd all agree, wouldn't it be amazing if all of us could take, you know, five people's names or more, write them on our VIP list and persistently, confidently come before the Father night and day, say, Lord, Lord, will you work in their life? Will you open their heart? Will you move in their life? Guess what's going to happen? We're going to see breakthroughs. We're going to be salvations, not just in this time, but in time to come. We have prayed, I want to tell you, for the last... 35 years. Right now, there are people in this congregation who are part of prayers that other people have prayed. Come on, let's keep heaven busy and hell on the run as we pray for our VIPs. And let's pray with confidence. Final thing I want to say is we also need to pray with persistence. Say persistence. You see, we see this attitude of persistence in the parable that comes out even more clearly, I believe, in if we understand the original Greek tense that ask, seek, and knock was written in. When we, we just, in our English, just ask, seek, and knock. But the original was written in the present continuous tense. So the Amplified Bible, I think, very helpfully unpacks this or translates it like this. So I take you, ask and Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking persistently receives. He who keeps on seeking 
persistently finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, persistently the door will be opened. In other words, as well as confidence, if we want to see all that the Lord has for us and for our church and for our families and for our communities, our nations, Jesus is trying to stir up, and I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to stir up a holy boldness and a persistence that we keep on going. Not because God's reluctant, but because God is good. Now, how many people here have a natural gift of patience? I am not a naturally patient person. I, I was trying to print out my notes this morning and my printer was delayed by two minutes. I nearly started kind of... I was not in a patient mood. But when it comes to prayer, we need to understand that answers can come in two ways. Firstly, when we pray, sometimes we get instant miracles. Somebody gets miraculously healed. They get born again. We see a suddenly of God. And I just want to declare, we're believing for more instant miracles in all kinds of areas in our lives. Where the suddenlies of God over the next 21 days as we pray. Amen. But in... Four decades of being a Christian, I've also found that some of the most important strategic answers to prayer, sometimes there is a gap between initial praying and the answer coming. And this is where we get the problem, it's called the waiting zone. You know, when you come off the train, mind the gap. This is when we get into a bit, a bit of trouble. I mean, I can think of a t one area where Karen and I prayed for something for seven years before the answer came. And the problem is, is that we can get disappointed, we can get frustrated, we can get full of unbelief. And what started out as a journey of faith can end up somehow we, we just lose our way. Anyone else relate to that or is it just me? Well, for the three of you who can relate to that, let me give you an illustration. I want to, see, sometimes I believe getting answered to prayer is more like a tortoise than a hare. So imagine I'm a tortoise. Okay, so here's a little tortoise. Um, you, 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 you pray full of faith and the little tortoise pops his head up and starts slowly working, walking towards the destination. Then seems to be taking rather a long time, doubt and discouragement. And so he pops his head down and stops. Anyone stop praying for anything? Anyone got discouraged? Anyone given up? Then you hear a message like this and you suddenly think, God is good. The word is true. God does want to answer my prayer. And we, little tortoise pops up his head and he makes all the way until the manifestation comes. Now I know that looked completely ridiculous, but hopefully you'll remember next time you think about giving up in prayer. Tom Wright in his commentary on Luke chapter 11 says this, what counts is persistence. Jesus is encouraging, encouraging a kind of holy boldness, a sharp knocking on the door, an insistent asking, a search, I love this, that refuses to get up. That's what our prayer should be like. There's a battle on, a fight with the prayers, powers of darkness. And those who've glimpsed the light are called to struggle in prayer for peace, for reconciliation, for wisdom, for a thousand things for the world and the church, perhaps a hundred or two for one's family, friends and neighbours, and perhaps a dozen or two 
for oneself. So Kingsgate, as we go into this 21 days, let's say that we are going to stand and keep on standing. We're going to ask and keep on asking. We're not going to let the powers of darkness hold us back from receiving the breakthroughs that the Father wants to give us. Amen. We're going to boldly ask in Jesus' name of our good, good Father, and He is going to move in wonderful power. Come on, let's give Him praise. And why don't you just stand now? We're going to respond together. I want to return to the picture I had of the Father with His arms stretched out. And I don't know where you're individually at, but as I was praying this morning, my sense was that while some of us are feeling really close to God, we're kind of pumped for this. Others of you, it feels like you're feeling a little bit distant or even disconnected from God. Maybe because you don't know the Lord. Maybe because you once were walking close, but you know you've drifted. In, to be honest, you feel in a bit of a dry place. Could be because of disappointment. Could be just you've chosen to move away. All kinds of stuff. The point is, the Father's not here condemning us. The Father's saying, I want to invite you to come into the centre of my will again. I want to restore spiritual intimacy. I want to give you my Holy Spirit and I want to refresh you and fill you. And I want to do it today. Don't wait till the end of 21 days. I believe today's the day to come and receive all that the Lord has for you. And again, we don't often do this, but I want to just make a bit of space right now. But as we sing this song, if you identify to, with any of that, I want to encourage you to come out of your seat and come to the front, because I want to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. Sometimes good, isn't it, to do something, if you've been sitting in a kind of a stuck place, sometimes even just saying, physically, I'm going to get out of my seat and move, can just be you saying, I really mean business. You say, well, I feel a bit awkward. Hey, this is way more important than you feeling awkward. This is about you getting free and receiving all that God has for you. So I don't want you to feel under any pressure, but I don't want you to hold back through any kind of fear. And, uh, and as you come forward, there'll be ministry team, salvation team. If you, if you feel a hand on your shoulder, they'll just be standing with you during this time. And at the end of the service, I'll release them and then they will, they'll, they'll I just ask if there's anything you'd like prayer for. You don't have to receive at that point. You may have met with God already. So we're going to stand. We're standing. We're going to sing. And we're going to sing a song that I, I just have been, it's been on my kind of mind. You know, you get a song, you just keep going on repeat. And it's the battle belongs to the Lord. It starts with, and I'll fight, I'll fight on my knees. And so this is a song that we can all sing. So as we start singing this, why don't you just come? Come, if you've got to walk all the way from the tiered, come down to the front. I'd love to pray for you. I believe God is going to do something as you begin to come. A ministry team salvation can begin to come as well. Just put a hand on somebody who's coming forward. And then in the middle of the song, I'm going to come and I'm going to lead us in prayer. Let's go. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Let's be praying as people come.